Balailahu Nodida Shana Samelech. That night the king's sleep was disturbed. But the question is, why was the king's sleep disturbed? We answer that question as we enter another dimension, one not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Drash, and Sod. So join me in a mystifying paradise of Purim and imagination, which we call the Purim Pardes. Welcome to Purim Pardes, or Purim Paradise, here at the Database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where if you enjoy Shiorim like this, all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. If you want to make a sponsorship, it's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Also, for questions, comments, concerns, recommendations for sure, I'm like this and others, all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. Now, we return to Purim Pardes, a playoff of Parsha Pardes, where this time we are looking at Megillus Esther, and we are looking at Paragvav Pasuk Aleph, where once again, the Megillah tells us that Ahasuerus' sleep was disturbed, or I should say the king's sleep was disturbed. And the question once again is why? So we start off with the Pashup shot, as we can tell from the Megillah. The truth is it's actually not so clear, because the Megillah does not state the reason for this disturbance of Ahasuerus' sleep. So you have to perhaps try to use a little bit of context. But for Pashup shot, we'll look at the Ibn Ezra, and we'll look at Rashi. The Ibn Ezra points out that perhaps Ahasuerosh just wanted to hear a soothing bedtime story which could be found in his book of Chronicles. After all, the Megillah does not state the reason for Ahasuerosh's sleep being disturbed, so perhaps there was no particular reason. And so he just, you know, whatever, it was just Hashgacha that his sleep was disturbed, and at this point um, he ends up reading from the Chronicles. Um, alternatively, the Ibn Ezra points out that Ahasuerus feared that perhaps there was a neder that he never fulfilled, and he wanted to look back into his records just to make sure. But that's the Ibn Ezra. Rashi points out that we have to understand the disturbance of Ahasuerus' sleep in light of the greater context of, of everything that's been happening up until this point. In the previous parak. Esther had done some very strange things. First of all, coming into the king unsummoned and putting her life at risk, and then inviting Haman to a party. All the while, she's been very secretive about what it is she wants from Ahasuerus, and explains Rashi, Ahasuerus actually suspected that perhaps there was something something happening between Esther and Haman. Perhaps there was some kind of an affair. And Ahasuerus actually feared for his life. So at that point, he resorted to his records because perhaps there was a time in history when his life was threatened and there was perhaps someone who had informed him and someone who in a similar situation would inform him again. And indeed, in the time of Big Son and Sarish, when they had threatened the king's life, there was someone, there was a Mordechai who was loyal enough to inform the king to make sure that something like that would not happen. So that is Rashi. Now, moving on to Remez, and with Remez, we'll segue into Drash as well, but we have the Nachal Eshkol, the Nachal Eshkol on Megillah Sester. So he um, quotes a similar idea to that which we just quoted from Rashi, um, that, that Esther put her life at risk, that she invited Haman to the party. But then he explains Remez on the words, Hahu shnas ha-melech vayomer. He takes on um, these words, and just picks out the Rashi Tevos. And he says, the gematria of the Rashi Tevos of these words is Shin Samach Vav, literally 366. 
anything significant about that number. All he explains is that it's a remez that Gavriel would cast him from his bed. He cast Achashverosh out of his bed 366 times. He's quoting this from Rabbeinu Elazar Megarmaiza. Um, this is in the Shari Binak Saviad. But that's that's what he explains that there were th- apparently Achashverosh was thrown out of his bed 366 times. I guess before he decided to open up his book of Chronicles to see what's going on. But that's the remez that we have here. But then again, there's another remez, and this remez can work with Drash as well. And that remez is just simply in the word Melech, in the word King, which Chazal tells the Gemara Megillah on Tesvavim and Beis that when when we see the word Melech. We have to also consider the possibility that this is a reference to none other than the Melech Malchei Hamlech Hamakadosh Baruch Hu. And with the, the Gemara Megillah, as well as the Esther Rabbah, um, in Yud Aleph, that's 10-1, so they have the following drushas that, that can be found um, with regards to this particular Pasuk, and that is firstly, like we mentioned, that's the Melech Malchei Hamlech Hamakadosh Baruch Hu, when it says that the king's sleep was disturbed, Hashem at this point is seeing that Israel is in Sara, and therefore his sleep is disturbed, and asks the Medrash, does, does HaKadosh Baruch Hu sleep, the omnipresent sleep? I thought that it says in Tehillim Kuf Aleph, that Hashem doesn't slumber, nor does he sleep. Ella, but says the Medrash, whenever the Bnei Yisrael are in pain and in distress, and the nations are at serenity, we have the separate Pasukin to Hillel, Memdalad, Chofdalad, it's 44-24, we say, Hashem, wake up, why are you asleep? As a mushal, it seems to be that Hashem is sort of as though he's asleep. Thus, the Melech can refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and um, this obviously can be weaved its way throughout the Megillah and for you to try to figure out where the Melech is a reference to Hashem as well. Continuing with Drash, this Medrash itself continues and goes back to what we may see as the Pashat Pshat. Pashat Pshat that it's talking about Achashverosh, whose sleep was disturbed. And then we get to a more Midrashic um, extension of this Pashup shot. That yes, it was Achashverosh whose sleep was disturbed, but because of something that happened that night, the Achashverosh actually had a dream. Explains the Medrash Rabbah. It says, Why? He saw in his dream Haman He literally sees Haman picking up a sword to kill him. And he became confounded and discomfited. And he woke up from his sleep. He woke up from his sleep. And he said to his his uh, his scribes, get my sefer to read it. To find out what, what's what's going to happen, or what, find out what's happened in the past. And once again, that which we commented on earlier, that Mordechai, um, um, we, the, the story that came up was what Mordechai did with Big Son and Sarash. Once um, they found that once they realized that Haman was in the courtyard, Sachashver said, Oh my gosh, my dream must be true. Haman is out to kill me. And this was the beginning of the end for Haman. And that's what the Medrash explains with the, with, again, maybe a Pashup shot with the addition of a dream. Now, the question is, what's the significance of this dream? So, 
The, um, we move over to Sod, where the Kedusha Slevi actually brings us to the Sod of this dream and pulls everything together very beautifully. The Kedusha Slevi quotes the same dream, um, but in the name of uh, the Targum Shani. And he says, the Targum Shani on Megillus Esther, on this Pasuk, quotes um, uh, this particular idea that he was shown a dream. The Kedusha Slevi brings down that it was Michal, the angel Michal, who showed him um, um, Haman, um, and and what, what what particularly he saw, because the, the the question the Kedushas Levi is sort of addressing is is it possible that the the the, um, the dream that Michal was showing Achashverosh something that was false was there was just a decoy was just to mislead and maybe you can argue that you know, um, even though Haman perhaps didn't directly want to kill Achashverosh perhaps he did want to have the throne for himself but. Well, from the from the simple version of the story, Haman's pretty satisfied. The only person that he has an issue with is not Achashverosh, but it's with Mordechai. And in this vein, the Kedusha Slevi explains that what the dream that Achashverosh saw was absolutely true. But you have to understand what exactly the dream was that he saw. What he actually saw, what Michal showed Achashverosh, explains the Kedusha Slevi, was he showed him Haman, and Haman was about to kill Esther's husband that Haman was aiming the sword, as it were, to kill Esther's husband. Now, little did Ahasuerus know that Ahasuerus was not the true husband of Esther, but really the husband of Esther was Mordechai. And indeed, Haman wanted to kill Mordechai with every fiber in his body. And that's, in fact, what Haman was doing in the courtyard. Exactly when Haman was on his way in, he was just coming from preparing the gallows for Mordechai. This was shown to Achashverosh in his dream because this is what he has to now act upon. He may not realize it at the time, but the real Melech, whose sleep is disturbed, the Melech Machayim Lacham Kodesh Baruch Hu, he is seeing the same thing, that Haman is pointing the, his, his weaponry at the true husband of Esther Malka, as the Gemara says, Al-Tikre Bas al that she's the wife of Mordechai. Mordechai is the husband of Esther. And this is what Ahasuerus is seeing at this time. And now everything makes sense. And now we have the dual reading, both readings of HaMelech and his Pasuk, making perfect sense, being perfectly synthesized together. Ahasuerus is disturbed for perhaps a couple of different reasons, and he sees the threat in Haman, but he's not quite sure why Haman is the threat. But of course, we know at the end of the day who Haman really was. Hashem knew what the threat of Haman was. And at the end we have the full picture and we see that, once again, that Hashem um, had uh, the, the redemption in store. And as the Gemara and Megillah also points out that according to, um, uh, to one of the opinions, the place to start the Megillah is from this particular Pasuk because this is really where the Tokef takes place. This is where the, you know, where, where the, where the Geula and the Yeshua really starts to happen. Um, and and it, it comes from perhaps an unexpected place, but once again it ties together this, um, this particular Pasuk and all the Midrashim on it in a really beautiful way. Anyway, thank you for joining us here at the database and have a Freilichen Chag Purim.